This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being the good football team. Three-step drop, throws all the end zone. Caught ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. And, uh, well, you know, I figured we'd just dive in and I'd say biggest takeaways from the game that I'm sure was not your favorite so far. You know what? We did a lot of good things. And it was a guy on each play that was responsible for something that we can have. And from a coaching standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, we know we have to be better than that. And we have the guys on this team to do it, and we're going to work towards that. What was your message to the team immediately after in the locker room and then maybe what your message to the team is throughout this next week? You know, we can coach it better as coaches. We can play it better as players. But the leadership in this team, and we can't talk about it. We just have to put in the work. It's the grind of the season. Uh, some Certain things happen at times. You don't want them to happen. But the leadership this team will have to prevail. We cannot have, and there hasn't been, any corners of the locker room where people congregate to discuss how depressed they are about losing or not doing certain things right. And the leadership has been great. Uh, the understanding of the team has been great of where we are. We know we have to coach better and play better. And maybe most importantly, uh, before we get into some more of the X's and O's, uh, Cam Brate, uh have any updates on him and, and his health? He has a sprained neck. All the tests were negative. So, you know, he's, he's doing well right now. That's great. And um, for you as a coach in, in a moment like that, what do you do for the team? What is the message? And then how do you kind of keep that from affecting uh, the team and the momentum when something like that happens mid-game that can be a little scary? I don't know if you keep them from it from affecting them. They see it just like you see it. You're on the field. You don't want anybody down, especially when you bring a stretcher out. So it's a real-life moment that is bigger than the game. It's a violent game. Obviously, we play it and we have a lot of fun, but it's still a violent ball game. So you have a humane part of you that feels real bad when someone goes down like that. And, you know, you just it's something to think about. It's definitely something to think about. I know that uh, we've talked about the starts of games already a few times so far this year, and this was another one where uh, first drive on offense, first drive on defense, not what you guys are hoping for, especially to set that tone. Does it feel like similar reasons that's happening in different games, or has it been different as, as to why each time, or how do you try to fix that when I know it's not, you know, you know you want to start fast, so saying it versus doing it. It's been different. This time it was a penalty. You know, we got a rough in the passer on third down, third and ten. We were off the field, and we got a rough in the passer that kept the drive alive. And 15 yards is big, especially at the start of a drive. So we know we can't do that, especially with the sensitivity of touching the quarterback these days. And, and you know, it was, it was a bad mistake. And red zone, another thing that I know we've talked about before. Um, I know at, at one point in this game you guys had first downs at the – 13, 18, 4, and 9. So knowing that if you hear that, I'm sure you're imagining there's a lot more touchdowns happening if you heard that stat. Um, what do you feel like has been causing that? And, and similarly to the fast starts, how much has it been similar issues throughout different games or different reasons the red zone has been a struggle? Well, this week there were some false starts down there. There were some penalties that backed us up at wrong times. And 
then lack of execution. We just got to get on the same page. We keep saying that and saying that, you know, time for talking is over. We understand that and we're going to work our butts off at it and we're going to get back to work. You brought up the penalties. How do you feel like the team has done with that overall this year and, and especially even just with this game? I know this was a uh, no turnover game. There, there weren't that many penalty yards and I think overall you guys are averaging maybe 25 less penalty yards a game so far this year than last year. Um, how have you felt about the, the cleanness of this season and in this, this last game, where the penalties are coming, the types of penalties that you guys are getting? I still think they're too high. You know, the false starts have got to stop. We keep shooting ourselves in the foot. Every time you look up, it's first and 15. Uh, some of the post-snap things are going to happen. You don't want a lot of them to happen, but we need to go down about three or four more. I know that the uh, third down situation, especially third and long this game, um, something that, again, was a bit of an issue against the Falcons. And in the second half of this game, you guys uh, were facing – them with third and 11, third and 15, and 13 and 15 again, and they converted uh, all four of those. So what was the issue particularly in the third and long situation? That was the most heartbreaking thing of the whole game, you know, other than the busted play. Uh, it was a different guy on each play, and it's something we've been running since training camp, since we've been here, and we busted each play uh, accordingly. And that was the most depressing thing about the defense, not closing it out, giving the offense a the chance to get the ball back to win the game. And uh, I know that on offense, um, you guys were two of two in fourth down situations, but only four of 14 in your third down efficiency. So uh, what was maybe going a little bit wrong in terms of the other side of the ball on third down for you guys? We were off the mark as an offense. You know, we got we to coach it better and we got to play it better. We were bad on third and short, even third and inches, third and one. We got to find a way to get one yard. We got some tough guys up there. We got to understand what we are and who we are going forward as opposed to trying to make a whole bunch of different plays. And we got to be better at that. Overall, as a coach, um, when you know that there are times, like you said, that it's about execution maybe, um, when do you feel like you guys need to change some things about how you try to scheme guys into situation, or is it just asking guys to step up more in what they're doing? It's a little of both. You know, you got to have a feel as a coach, and then they have to step up more as well. You got to make sure your guys are in the right position to make the plays they need to make, and at the same time, they got to make them. I know that uh, last week you'd gotten asked a few times about um, the lack of attempts at QB sneaks and then tried one this game and it was not as effective. Um, what are the challenges of, of that kind of a play? Do you feel like it is something you guys need to be able to go to a little bit more often this year? And, and what has maybe been the reason to not do it as often or for the lack of success in this attempt? Well, we did a lot in the past, you know, and we tried this time. We got stoned for a couple of inches that we couldn't get. We got to be tougher up front. We got to be tougher up front on both sides of the ball, plain and simple. I know that uh, one bright spot of this game was Ryan Suckup, and that has been the case all year. And uh, while I know that it is probably never the goal for your kicker to be a, an MVP at this point mm. in the season, it is nice when you need to rely on him to know what he has been producing. And that 54-yarder, his longest as a buck and longest since 2018. So uh, what have you seen from him, and just what is that like to know as a head coach that you have a guy like him producing the way he is? Ryan's been solid. He's been steady. Uh, he had a great camp. He's having a great season thus far. You can rely on them. We want seven, but if we have to take three, 
we know we can count on them. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. And while Ryan Suckup has had a great game and a great season so far, I know that uh, the rest of the special teams was not maybe their strongest outing of the year. What did you see from them and some of the issues and whether it was the, you know, 89-yard return or just overall the, the game outside of Suckup on the special team side? It was really the return. You know, certain guys went underneath at the same time on the same play where they shouldn't have instead of played off each other and it cost us when he went up the middle. So they got to understand who they're playing with, whether they're next to a fast guy, a power guy, a finesse guy, and understand to play off each other instead of trying to play individual ball when they get down there. They've been doing a decent job at it. it didn't happen on that play. I know we've talked about the excitement of having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both out there together for entire games, you know, both of them kind of at peak of as we're getting Chris Godwin back to fully healthy. Um, what did you see in terms of the usage of both of those guys this game where, uh, you know, Mike was not targeted maybe as much as some might have expected considering their depleted secondary? And Chris ended up with 95 yards, uh, but I know that early in the game, it seemed like he and Tom were having some issues trying to get connected. I think only one of the first six attempts was a catch to Chris. So those two guys, what did you see from their games and the way they were used? Well, Mike drew a lot of double teams. He drew, he drew a lot of attention from those guys. So it was hard for Mike to get off right there. That allowed Chris to get off some. Uh, Chris is working his way back into shape and the chemistry was off early, but we started connecting on a couple of them. It has to keep getting better and better. It's our job as coaches to make sure these teachable moments are transferred to next week and understand what we have to do to get better and try to get those guys free a little bit more. And then the offensive line, uh, what did you see from them? We'll start with pass protection. Uh, how would you kind of grade some of those guys and the unit as a whole? Uh, individually, they grade out well, but as a whole, as a unit, certain guys get beat at different times. You know, certain guys get beat at different times, and it's a different guy every play. You didn't hear much from Tristan's guy or Donovan's guy. Luke is good at the run game. He got beat a couple times, obviously. Uh, Hayward's a good player. He's a great player, and that's going to be a tough draw sometimes, but he's getting better. It just has to bring him along. We just have to keep bringing him along. We know he's going to be fine but we got to deal with the bumps and bruises of that and there are teachable moments for him. Do you feel like you have seen growth in him so far this season when, I mean, he has had a tough draw almost every week that it feels like he's been playing some of the top guys on the defensive line that the whole league has to offer so far early in his rookie career. So how have you seen that experience uh, affect him, you know, in terms of either trying to maintain his confidence, but then also knowing that he's getting the kind of experience that he'll need for moving forward? Well, it's a learning experience for him, and he's going to see it every week. It's the NFL. You know, you don't have any cream puffs in this league, so he's got to get better, and he has been getting better. His confidence is great. His, his hand placement just has to continue to get better and seeing more games that he sees. The more he sees it, the game slows down for him, and he's going to be fine. And how did you feel about the run game overall? I know that Fournette ended up with 63 yards rushing and then 38, you know, receiving with a touchdown. So this guy, I mean, he just keeps putting up yards in terms of from scrimmage, finding ways to get some production from him. But um, overall, especially the, the aspect of the run game, what did you see between him and Rashad and how the O-line did? It can get better. You know, it can get better. It wasn't bad, but it can get better. Uh, we missed a few holes there. We, a lot of guys, they shot through the holes. A lot, a lot of gaps were open at times where they shot through, did a good job defensively of doing that. And we can get better getting hats on hats, and we will. 
I know he got that touchdown and then the two-point conversion attempt uh, was not successful. What did you see from that play and uh, looking back in hindsight, you know, what could have been done differently or what was not as effective about that? The bang-bang play, uh, they had it snuffed out pretty good. You know, if Tom had time, maybe he could have shifted to Russell in the back of the end zone, but you can't see that from a playing standpoint when everything goes how you think it's going to go, especially down there when it's got to be a bang-bang right off the top. So we usually make those plays that didn't come through this time. Uh, we saw that, you know, due to especially Cam Brait being out for a little while in the game, uh, Kate Otten made another really clutch catch on third down for 17 yards, and Coquife produced a couple huge special teams tackles as well. So um, the two of those guys in particular, what have you seen so far this season in the way that they've been able to maybe in a position that can be a little hard to adjust as a rookie in everything you're asked to do, already be able to be guys that I think, you know, Coach Lefwich said last week that he trusts them coming out of the huddle. Those two have really stepped up. Uh, you know, as rookies, even as vets, the playing time they've required has been from their study, their experiences, them doing the right things, them being very tough, them being very gritty, them understanding the game plan and very pleased with those two. Uh, we trust them completely. We can run our whole offense with those guys, and we're happy to have them. Uh, midway through the game, you end up switching from Pickett to Trubisky on the other side. And how does that affect you guys defensively when they're switching quarterbacks mid-game and depending on who you've prepared for and just the differences in the way those two guys approach the game? We've seen them both. Uh, obviously, Trubisky has better legs than uh, Pickett. Just a little bit. He scrambles in the pocket more. We knew that. We let him out of the pocket two times, and he made a play, especially at the end of the ball game. But the plays did not change. And Antoine Winfield, again, I mean, another sack, tackle for loss. The guy just keeps adding those kind of stats. And um, I believe that his three sacks so far this season are tied for the most by a DB in the league this year, which <laughs> is partially due to his success, partially due to, I know, your scheme of where you're putting a bunch of different guys in a position to get sacks where a lot of teams that might not be the case. So um, why do you think he has been able to, A, execute you and your plan so well, and then also why your scheme fits a guy like him so well? I think he can play in any scheme, you know, being generous, just saying my scheme. He can play football any team in this league. Uh, he understands the game. He loves the game. He knows how to set himself up. And when he takes off and goes, he goes, you know, he, he really goes. It means a lot to him to do the right things first and then to make big plays. How much do you feel like as a head coach, it is your role to have something to do with the attitude or mindset of a team that coming after uh, a loss like this that can be tough, or even after some wins where you want to make sure the team doesn't get too high, whatever that attitude and, and feeling of the locker room is, how much do you feel like that is partly your role to be involved in that, or do you say that that's a little bit more up to the guys in the locker room and the vets on the team? It's 100% my role, you know, to have the pulse of the team and understand what we're going into every week, win or lose, it becomes the head coach's fault, then it becomes the coach's fault, then it falls on the player. So everybody has to be responsible for that. How much do you feel like you coach different guys on the team differently? That when it comes to, like you said, the pulse of the team and knowing that there's 53 or if you want to call it 63 you know, guys on the team, uh, there's not going to be just one pulse and there's going to be a lot of different guys that respond to different things. Um, so I imagine that's a, a lot on a plate to know every guy well enough to know how they need to be coached. So how, how do you try to approach that? 
It's part of the job. You know, you have to understand them. We get to know each other for a while, and then you understand how to coach them and what they can grasp and how to teach them and when to talk to them about teachable moments and when to talk to them about ball. So it's a feel. You know, as a coach, you got to have a feel. We got a bunch of coaches with good feels on it. And you have those conversations and you get a feel for them and how they play, depending on how you can talk to them and approach them. Some things are black and white. Some things you pull to the side. Some things you say out loud. What did you want as a player from a coach? What was the thing that you needed? Were you someone who needed to get yelled at? Were you just someone who needed instruction? I just needed honesty. You know, the yelling's going to come regardless. The yelling's going to come. You got to expect that. You needed honesty. And if they, if they showed you they were honest, you trusted them. Has that influenced the type of coach you are, thinking back to what you wanted as a player? It has. It has. And so, even though it may be harsh at times, at least they're telling you the truth and you can appreciate that. You may not appreciate it at the moment, but over time you will. Casey Phelps here with head coach Todd Bowles. Um, so now going into this next week against the Panthers division game, what is going to be the uh, biggest thing that you feel like you want to see from your team this game to know that the lessons from this last week were learned? Improvement communication, improvement with the things that we did not do last week, improvement in trusting each other, improvement in making plays, red zone improvement on offense, uh, third down and short improvement on offense, communication and third long improvement on defense, and special teams obviously covering kicks. And for you, knowing the Panthers, uh... It's, it's similar to the Falcons in the sense that typically these division teams you're very familiar with, but there's been a lot of change on what this team looks like. And then now even recently, a whole new head coach as, as they've switched into Steve Wilkes. So um, what are some of the biggest differences in this Panthers team as compared to years past? And then maybe how even them switching to a different coach can potentially affect what they'll look like this next week? Well, they use McCaffrey in a lot of different ways now. He's flexed out like a receiver more. They found a bunch of different ways to get him the ball and still be effective. So they still have their playmakers down the field. I think their offensive line is a lot more physical. Their defensive line is physical as well. Their secondary guys have playmakers that are now healthy that we didn't see the last year or two. So, And, and Wilkes is a very good disciplinarian, so I know those guys are going to be ready. How about facing Baker Mayfield, and what are the things that you have to be aware of for him that he does well and, and ways that maybe you guys feel like you could match up well against him? Baker brings a lot of leadership to that team. He has a lot of moxie. He understands the game very well. He has a very quick release. He knows where to go with the football. He knows when to pull it down and run. So, you know, defending him is going to be tough. we got to try to get the first read, the first and second read, because he knows where to go with the football. If we can make them hold a little bit, we'll try to get there with the pass rush. But like I said, the offensive line is playing better than they have in the past. They've added some new guys, and, you know, they're, they're, they'll be tough. How about on the defensive side of things for them? What do they tend to do well? They're very strong up front. You know, they get after it with the big DT from Auburn, but their corners play very good man-to-man -man with Horn and Jackson out there. They have a lot of speed. They're physical, uh, and they get after it with the turnovers. So we're going to have to be careful with the football. What do you feel like the message is going to be to the team about the significance of this game and what it means of where each game means the same in terms of whether it's a division game or not of the way it can affect the schedule, obviously, but um, just what it feels like this point in the season, like you talked about the pulse of the locker room, what is the message going to be going into Sunday? It's never about them. It's always about us. If we take care of us and do the things we need to do. We don't have to worry about the opponent. 
And how about the idea of now three games in 11 days is this stretch that you're in now because of the fact there will be the Thursday night game. Does that ever change anything about the way you try to use people or not so much pitch counts, but just knowing that there's about to be a pretty taxing amount of time on these guys' bodies, does that ever change how you try to use anybody? The first game does not. Then the other two after that, you're going to have to see who's healthy and who's not, depending on how you practice them. So it may maintain some change for certain guys that need maintenance. And so then uh, finally knowing the health situation that you're in right now, are there any guys you feel like you could be getting back in the next week or two that missed time this last week? Or how do you feel about the overall health of the team? still up in the air. The guys that are hurt are still hurt. Oh, we're going to go with the guys we have until they get healthy. When they get healthy, we'll be ready to roll. And now for you, I feel like what is the one thing maybe that uh, you feel like you want to see offensively that could tell you something has changed in terms of is it a stat? Is it a uh, feeling on the game? What would tell you that offensively this team has started to become more of what they've been in the past or you feel like they could be? For me, it will be the feeling of the game, but I'll get that during practice during the week. So I'll know by what we do in the ball game from a communication standpoint, whether we got better. All right. Well, Coach, thank you so much as always for your time and good luck this week. Thank you. Coming up next on Buccaneers Total Access, we'll have offensive line coach Joe Gilbert brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut, and Prescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White, linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. We had head coach Todd Bowles on the first half of the show, and now I am so excited to be joined by offensive line coach Joe Gilbert. Coach, thanks for being with us. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, mm. I mean, uh, I, and I, I was telling to you as we walked down here to do the show, I feel bad you drew the short straw on <laughs> talking after a game like that. But uh, overall for you guys, I know that a lot of times you guys work in maybe grades that you, you give your unit or individual guys. What grade would you say uh, your offensive line received after that game? You know, it, it's it's hard because obviously it's, you know, when we talk about it, it's not like one guy had a, a horrible game. The problem is, is when, you know, one guy has two bad plays, another guy has a bad play, those five guys add up to having 12, you know, 13 plays, which, you know, um, affect the game, you know. Um, and, you know, I hate to sit there and say put a grade on them, you know, but obviously when you lose, it's just not good enough. And, uh, and they know that. They're professionals, you know. So it's a hard thing. Um, you know, you, you, we have two good plays, and, and it's not just offensive line. It's every position. And, you know, all of a sudden that kind of leads toward the inconsistency of what we saw on Sunday. How would you say uh, some of the things you guys maybe did better or things specifically that you knew that you wanted to improve on from this last week from a technical standpoint? I, I think, you know, that we knew that uh, they were going to come in and move the front. Um, and I think that was one thing that we kind of spent a lot of time on trying to emphasize it. And, you know, obviously people lose sight of that, you know, on the other side they get paid too, you right. know. And, uh, you know, and we won some of those and we lost some, you know. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, you just hope that you win more than they did. And, you know, and we fell short. Uh, how about the run game specifically on Sunday? Where were some of the areas you felt like you guys did well or some specific plays or times of games or anything of how you would evaluate the run game specifically? You know, I think that we went in with a good plan. I think that we went in looking and saying, hey, this is how we wanted to attack them. Uh, and I think that, you know, we did that at times. 
just like I said, and there's times that we didn't, you know. Um, obviously, you know, there's, uh, we have to be better in short yardage. You know, that's that's a glaring um, thing that we know, and, and uh, so that'll be an emphasis that, you know, we got to make sure that we keep an eye on going forward. With something like that that's a specific situation of, you know, maybe, you know, third and one, something along those lines, how much is it going to be changing how you guys are maybe scheming some of it versus just the execution of what you're already scheming? Yeah, I, I mean, what you do is you, you take all the snaps, you know, that the team has in that down and distance uh, based on the personnel. You study the film, you know, and you put in what you think, you know, what we do well against what they do. And, you know, and then you, you practice that, you know. Um, and, you know, everybody in this league, you get a little bit of a version of what they're doing or they get a tweak or they do something. You can always anticipate that there's something going to be new. Um, and, you know, hopefully through your rules and everything that you kind of install in the offseason, everything kind of take place and take that over. You know, I think that uh, our guys understood the situations and those deals. Um, you know, the, the things that they did, we had practiced, you know. Um, like I said, you know, we, we made three out of five, I believe, in short yardage, which for us, we're looking at 100%, you know. And those two that we miss are two opportunities that we come off the field and have to punt, you know, um, or kick a field goal instead of keeping the drive alive and going. So when you're in a tight ball game like that, you know, those plays come back to haunt you at some point. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the having to come off the field, I know the red zone has been an area of emphasis now for you guys for a bit of, uh, in that game in particular, there were, you know, several different first downs all within, you know, the, the 19, the 13, the 11, and I'm sure you guys are, you know, if you heard that there were four different times that you're getting a first down, you know, inside the red zone that weren't turning into touchdowns, that's not what you would expect, it's not what you'd want. So what are the things you've noticed so far that are happening where you can, you guys can be trucking down the field and then it just feels like it comes to a bit of a screeching halt. No, it it kind of goes back, Casey, to what I just said. You know, it's it's not just one position, you know, um, and you could go across the board. We miss a block up front. We don't protect for Tom. Um, you know, somebody doesn't run the right route. You know, Tom expects the receivers to be in a specific space or place and it's not there. Um, you know, so there's multiple things that are leading to, you know, going down there. And, you know, there's one thing I never forget learning from BA, you know, that, you know, when you get in the red zone, you got to score touchdowns. And especially in this league, you know, and it becomes such, there's so, what I think it's like 75% of every uh, game comes down to one score or less, you know, and, and that's exactly all we needed to do is score one touchdown. And, you know, the, it would, we would have been sitting here feeling a lot better uh, today than than uh, than we are. You know, um, so it's it's a fine line. You know, people don't realize it's it's uh, it is a it's a tough league. Um, it's one that you have to execute at a high level on a consistent basis to have success. You know, and uh, and right now that's kind of like where we are. We just haven't had that uh, consistency. We're talking offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, and uh, how about blocking for Leonard Fournette? What do you, what can you tell you your guys like about that, and the way he runs, the way he does things? How does that maybe help you guys as well? You know, I think Lenny runs hard. You know, um, he obviously uh, 
there are certain schemes that, you know, he enjoys better than others, just like every running back, you know. Uh, every guy's uh, I think, is built a little different. You know, you look at the running backs, and some guys are, are fast guys, you know. Uh, other guys are thicker and bigger, and, you know. Um, and it also goes to, you know, what they've kind of really through college and as they develop what they're more comfortable with. And I think that's part of the thing that we're figuring that, you know, kind of with Lenny, what he fits his role a little bit, you know, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Um, and that's part of coaching. You know, you, we got to figure out what puts our guys in the best situation um, and not just schematically with the O-line, but what's best for Lenny and, you know, obviously Rashad and uh, those guys of, of saying, hey, you know, what's, what do they do well? You know, and I think that's where you come up with based on what the defense is trying to give you and what they're trying to take away along with, you know, what you put in each week and with Lenny. And um, that's how you kind of come up with that scheme of, of what we're, you know, trying to put together. And how about the penalties in terms of I know that as coaches you would say that probably zero is the only acceptable number. But uh, overall, it does you know, I think so far you guys are maybe – um, averaging like 25 yards less in penalty yards per game than last year. But um, when they're happening, maybe still seems not as ideal. How would you rate the overall cleanness of how you guys have been able to play? You know, I, I think the one thing that stood out to me when we when I look back and, and if we protect Tom and we don't have penalties, you know, we've had success on offense. And it's the pre-snap penalties as a coach that really get you, you know. Um, post-snap holdings, those kind of things, they're part of the game. They're going to get called. Um, you know, in the NFL, you know, there's going to be a hold. There's going to be, unfortunately, a block in the back. It's going to occur. It's, it's, you know, these things are happening at a split second. Guys are making reactions. And, you know, and, and so those penalties – I think as a coach, you don't ex you know you don't want them to happen, but I think they're more acceptable. The pre-snap ones are guys being dialed in. You know, um, we knew they're going to move the front. You know, we had a couple guys jump. Uh, you know, and and those are guys that are that not trying to throw anybody under the bus or anything. But there are a couple of young guys in a, in a in a pretty good atmosphere to play in. Uh, in Pittsburgh, um, and those things happen, you know. Um, you know, but with that being said, the issue is that it puts you behind as an offense, behind the chains, first and 15, you know, all of a sudden you get a, you know, a, a second and four now. No, they blow the whistle. No, it's now back to second and nine. And so it's just things like that that it's, it, it, it we, that builds to that inconsistency. So when you look at, guys having a couple bad plays you know there's not like one guy you sit there and say oh man he's stinking it up um but you know you have a couple bad plays you have a couple of those pre-snap penalties you give up a sack here and there whatever and all of a sudden you look at you only have 11 or 12 possessions in a game and seven of those possessions you're behind the eight ball you know trying to catch up and that makes it hard to have that consistency that we're talking about so going back to before the season started um for you guys when ryan jensen goes down what is that process like as coaches of you know you see that that this is a guy that is an anchor of this line means so much to this team what goes through your mind what's that process and how do you then work to make sure this line is still ready to go after a big loss like yeah, that? I think the, the first thing for me is for Ryan, you know, as a person, you know, you worry, you know, you hear, see a guy that has worked hard, he plays physical. 
I mean, he gives his body up out there week in and week out. You know, your first reaction is it stinks for him, his family. Um, you know, that's number one. I mean, and then you go into, hey, making sure he's okay to, okay, now what's our next move, you know? And obviously, you know, um, Goody and myself, and we sit down and you say, okay, what are we doing there? And, you know, and, and I think the one thing when it did happen, you sit there and say, okay, there's, there's got to be a level of uh, competition because we had a bunch of young guys, you know, of saying, hey, who's going to be the next guy? And, you know, we're still in the process of really kind of figuring that out, you know, because Ryan has been a staple there. We haven't, you know, at, at that point hadn't had really anybody had to go in and play for him, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's your, as a coach, you go into saying, okay, um, well, we got to figure that part out. Who is it? Make sure it's a, you know, we get the right guy in, in place, give the guys that are centers, guards, tackle, whatever the position is when they get injured, that opportunity, unless it was already pretty much clear cut who that guy was um, and then kind of go from there and, and like we have and I think Hainsey has done a hell of a job you know uh, Rob has come in he works his tail off he studies the game off the field um, you know and, and I think he is he's done a, an exceptional job you know um, and you know you realize you know here he is really kind of even though he's a second year guy he didn't play a whole lot last year um, and so he's in there basically as a rookie you know you've got Luke playing next to him who's a rookie so you know it, it's uh, that's that's a stressful deal you know for them for us you know for Tom I mean everybody but I think that Hainsey has done an exceptional job of going in there and from a mental standpoint, a physicality of doing everything that we're asking them to do. All right, we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks insider Casey Phillips, brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access with offensive line coach Joe Gilbert. Right before the break, we were talking about Robert Hainsey taking over for Ryan Jensen. And uh, I think it's easy to forget how not only is Hainsey almost a rookie playing because he didn't play much last year, but this is not a guy that, that played center. This is a guy that you know made that transition coming into the NFL essentially thanks to just the senior bowl. So tell us about that process with him. What made you say this is a guy that – we trust in such an important role that he has not done much before and what made you guys want to make that transition with him into that position? Well, I think obviously you go back to, you know, starting all the way back when you evaluate the guys coming out of college. And, you know, you look at Robert, he played uh, tackle for Notre Dame. So he played at a high level against really good competition. Um, and then you do, obviously, you know, Jason and his crew, do an unbelievable job of really getting all the background, the evaluations done on him and all that part of things. And, and you know he's a smart kid. And so you kind of look at that, you put together body size and saying, okay, he's not your typical tackle type size. Um, you know, when you're looking at Tristan and Donnie in the mountains, and man, they are, you know, um, Hainsey looks like a little kid, when he, you know, next to him. But, uh, you know, so you kind of make that evaluation saying, hey, he's more of an inside guy. Um, obviously, you know, with Ryan, um, and then we were sitting there saying, hey, we need a center. So then you kind of start developing him into that role. Uh, and it is, like you say, uh, Casey, it's a, it's a huge transition, you know. 
um, you're all of a sudden, you know, got the ball in your hand, you're looking between your legs, you, you know, you're trying to see a lot more than you got to see it tackle. Um, you got to make the calls, you have to communicate. So there's a lot of things that go on with that. And, and I think people don't realize the, you know, what a transition that is from going, you know, from tackle to center, because it's completely different inside playing than it is outside. As well, like Luke, for instance, you know, Luke played right tackle at, you know, Central Michigan, his whole career, we're moving him to the left side of the line. Uh, and not only on the left side of tackle, but now all of a sudden inside a guard. And so that transition for him is completely different. You've got different motor skills. You've been using your, your right hand to punch compared to now you're going to use your outside hand, your left hand, and, you know, um, your, your feet are different and your movement's different. And so it, it's people don't realize that transition takes a little bit longer. It's just not a natural thing to do. And I think both of those guys have, you know, Hainsey and Luke itself have done a hell of a job of, you know, embracing it, number one, um, and saying, hey, this is my opportunity, this is my spot, um, and then going and working hard at, uh, you know, learning their position and doing the technical things that come with that, you know, and with that transition. Where have you seen each of them uh, already grow and improve since the start of the season? You know, I, I think Robert has um, at times really uh, physical, um, has been physical, has held up. You know, I mean, we'd had, you know, hey, how is he going to be against these big nose guards? You know, the, the Vitas of the world that are massive human beings in there uh, and athletic. And, and he's done a hell of a job of it. You know, um, I don't know if there's a person that's played the game that hasn't gotten beat or, you know, that. And that's going to happen. You know, that's part of the game. Um, but I think he's really, from a, a physicality standpoint, has done a really good job. Um, from a mental standpoint, he has got us on the right page um, and has done a uh, sensational job as far as that goes. For both of them, and, and maybe especially for Luke, you know, really getting kind of thrown into the fire here as a rookie and having to face, you know, it feels like every week we're talking about the fact that there's, oh, but, you know, this team has this guy on the inside. That You know, he's having to face some of the top people every single week. Um, and then in playing some of the hardest places to play, oh. noise-wise and all of that, um, when there are times that maybe uh, he's not playing, you know, as well as he would like or you guys would like, are there times that you wonder about the confidence level or, you know, the, the pros and cons essentially of being thrown into the fire of where it's good to get that experience, but if it's a struggle, what is it going to do to their confidence moving forward? How do you guys kind of weigh that? No, and that's a good point. Um, that's a conversation that obviously, you know, Goody and I have had. You know, you look at like Tristan, for instance, you know, for instance, Tristan was at the same position you know, coming out of college, he played here. So there was that comfort level that he had. Um, so that was easier. These guys have moved to completely different spots. Um, I think the thing they can't lose sight of is, you know, I, like you just said, you know, Luke has played against some unbelievable players in this league. Um, he's going to play against a couple of really good ones this week um, that are that are really good. Um, so every week you go in, it's going to be a battle. But that's the NFL, you know. Um, and at the same time, you know, I would say Luke's done a hell of a job against a lot of these guys. And that's where he's got to build on his, the positive parts, the positive um, plays he's had. Um, obviously, you always want to look at the negative ones and say, okay, what did I do wrong? Was it my hand placement? Was it my feet? You know, did I overset? Did I underset? You know, um, you know, it's no different. You know, uh, Donnie's on the plane and 
he gave up a sack, you know, at a time in the game, the sack fumble. And, um, you know, he comes up to the plane. He's watching in the back of the plane. And he came up and said, Joe, I just got done grading the tape myself. And he said, you know, Joe, I, I ended up missing my punch. You know, he missed it. Left hand was high and he had no surface on the back. Tom was at 10 yards. And that's a recipe for disaster, you know. And so, you know, but he knows what he did wrong and he learned from him. And that's what you have to do. You know, yeah. you're not, not going to get that play back. You know, it's over. Um, learn from what you did wrong and hopefully limit the number of times or hopefully eliminate completely, you know, that happening again. And I think that's what Luke has to do, you know, and I think he's doing it. The thing with, with Luke is he wants to be so good. He's, he, he's like Hansey. He's a football junkie. He's passionate. He loves playing. Um, and, and I think deep down it's just eating at him that he has these play, these bad plays at times. You know, that's the part that you just got to keep talking to him and, and reassuring him, hey, you're going to be fine. You know, this will all come together. You know, you're not the first one that's gone through it. it won't be the last. We're talking offensive line coach Joe Gilbert. I know that part of it for you guys as coaches when you look at the line is using each other to cover a bit, help each other. Where do you offer some of that assistance? Um, when you do have two guys next to each other that are new, that takes away some of that essentially where I'm sure that when you have a new guy, you'd love it if on either side of him there were people who had been here forever. What are the ways that you feel like you've tried to use, you know, whether it's Donovan or Shaq Mason, a guy who's come in and been in the league a long time, have you tried to use some things to help guys out or is it more of, hey, you know what, you just got to get your job done? No, I think the, the one great thing about our room is <clears throat> there's a lot of guys in there that are really good veterans. I've been around guys that are saying, hey, you know, I'm going to do my job. You know, it's your job to get the young guy ready or whatever. And and that's not the case. I mean, um, that's one thing that we have in our room is uh, a veteran group of guys that are willing to help Luke, that are willing to help Hainsey. You know, Ryan just sat in the room the other day with us, you know, watching film and, and talking to Hainsey. And, um, you know, you got Donovan, you got Josh, you got Shaq. You know, even Tristan now is coming into, you know, uh, his own where he can sit there and say, hey, listen, you know, I went through it. This is what you need to do and try to give him some advice. So I, I think from that standpoint, um, we've got a, an excellent room of guys that are willing to help, you know, um, and go about it. Now, at the end of the day, it's, you know, when you're in the middle of the, the game, you know, there's, you know, you can try to help them at certain times, you know, that. But at the end of the day, you know, you can only do so much. You got to know the call and it's got to go. And sometimes you can get that help to them. Sometimes you can't. I know with uh, Shaq Mason's a guy that we haven't talked as much about that. And I think uh, when it comes to O-line, a lot of times fans don't know the little things that guys are doing right or wrong unless, you know, their name gets called or something pretty blatant happens yeah. where it's obvious. So I don't feel like I've heard much about Shaq Mason, which I'm guessing is probably a good thing in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. So uh, tell me for the person who studies him, what have you seen of, uh, of what he's brought to this unit? <clears throat> nah, Shaq's great. I uh, love him. He's a gr really fun guy in the room, um, studies, um, obviously came from, you know, an organization about, you know, that, that had toughness and all that. And so that's completely, um, Shaq is all about that, you know. Um, and it's, it's, he is such a good person and a good guy, very smart, understands the, uh, what we're doing, that him and Tristan have really built a really good relationship. And uh, playing next to each other, you know, I always ask, you know, Tristan, hey, how's the communication? Awesome, you know. 
Um, Shaq has it. It's great. You know, I love being playing next to him. You know, and Shaq has come in. He's embraced what we're trying to teach. Um, he works at it. Uh, I mean, on the field, great work ethic, um, you know, uh, works hard, doesn't say a whole lot, you know, um, talks more. Coach's when, dream, uh, right? Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, and he does. I mean, doesn't say a whole lot, answer, you know, and, and the good thing is, is he, he does a good job when he doesn't understand something or there's a question on something, he's not afraid to, you know, speak up in a meeting room and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, can you go back to that? I have a questions on something. So, and I think that's a great example for some of the young guys, you know, they're in the room and they may not understand something, but they're afraid to ask that question, you know, because they're in, and, you know, and I think he's a great example of saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you know, go back. I want to make sure I got that clear in my head before we move forward. So um, he, he's been a great addition to the room. Great. That's amazing. All right, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, brought to you by Evan Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues, brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access with offensive line coach Joe Gilbert. Um, we've talked a lot about your interior of your line. Let's chat a little bit about Donovan and Tristan, the anchors on the outside for you guys. And what have you seen from them so far this season in particular, maybe even compared to other parts of their career of, of where each of them are at? Uh, starting with Donnie, I think he's slowly progressing. You know, there's, I always talk to him about, um, he's such a great athlete. He is massive, strong human being. You know, I think Donnie at times, um, there's a couple times like, you know, he'll, he'll do something a little bit out of what we kind of are doing on the field teaching wise and um, kind of like a savvy vet type thing and, and that. And, you know, sometimes he gets himself in a little bit of trouble, that kind of thing. And I think over the four years now, I can really see he's, I think, progressing toward eliminating some of those things and, and sticking to the script. A little bit more, you know, but uh, I'm telling you the one thing that I can't say about him is he comes out to practice, he works his tail off, great guy to coach, um, that part of it, um, and I, I think he's really kind of treading in that area, you know, you know, he's a guy that's out on the edge against some of the best pass rushers, um, you know, doesn't get a whole lot of help, and he, he gets beat just like everybody does, you know. Um, and there's times that, you know, you sit there and say, you know, hey, this shouldn't happen to him, you know, because we have such a high opinion of him as a player, of his ability that, you know, there's times that, you you know, you, I want to wring his neck, you know, and I love <laughs> him to death. Um, but you sit there and, you know, and I and it's part because I got that highest standard saying he shouldn't, this shouldn't happen, you know with him so um but I, his physicality and and what he brings that that part of it is is great and i think that he's uh, to this point has done a, a pretty solid job of uh protecting tom's backside so far so hopefully he'll continue to do that and get better and tristan on the other hand um you know uh is a uh, like it's saying mountain of a man you know great as the coach he works hard just like Donnie does pleasure to have on the field communicates well all of that part of it I, I you know can't say enough about um, what he brings to the table and and he already you know is a guy that after now three years of being hey you know more comfortable speaking up and and you know Tristan's not that type of guy you know and he's getting there slowly you know, um, and and obviously everybody respects him, you know, of the how good he is, how well he's played, you know, that part of it. And what's great is, you know, you say, hey, you did this wrong. I know. I saw it. You know, 
hey, you're, you know, you opened up too much on this set, you know, you didn't throw your hands here, or you're still up on your toes, you know, and he goes out every day and tries to correct it, just like the all of the other four guys, five guys, whatever. And and, and so you can't, you, as a coach, you, you that's all you want, you know, you that's you appreciate that part of it for him. And, uh, um, and I just think he's still got, so much more to improve on that it's going to be pretty scary, you know, um, as he gets better and moves here in the next couple of years. He's got a, a bright, bright future ahead of him. We're talking offensive line coach Joe Gilbert, and uh, I know you've told me on this show before, which I really loved and have used a lot, that uh, it's like a marriage between the tackle and guard and, you know, the way they interact, communicate, and that there's even sometimes some competition on one side versus the other and where, which side are we running the plays to. I was thinking about that when Allie retired, and did you feel like you had to go through this this grieving period for this marriage <laughs> over on this side of Donovan losing his guy? He'd only uh, ever played with Allie, essentially, over there, and uh, what that was like for him and, and maybe even for all of you guys to lose someone like Allie, I'm sure, kind of unexpectedly. Yeah, obviously, when you know when those two would – have that relationship that not, it got to a point where those guys don't even have to have a verbal deal. They know the play. They know what they're going to do. They know how they're going to handle a, a twist game. Um, and for Donnie, there's no question that that is, you know, he's got to now build that completely up with whoever we were going to have at guard. And so that that's a, a whole nother you know, starting thing. And, and then it's, you know, it's so funny in the room because we talk about communication and making sure we're all on the same page. And, you know, and then there's a part of, you know, you, you got a rookie coming in playing next and he's nervous that he's, you know, I, I got to give Donnie what he needs. And then Donnie says, you're giving me too much or <laughs> not enough. And, it, you know, so it's a learning period, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's even a learning period now because it's still, you, you talk about the communication part, but every week it's new Every week it's, you know, you got a new defense, you're seeing things different, the whole thing. So it's an ongoing process that, that goes on. And, and I think it's a little bit uh, different as well for Shaq and Tristan because Shaq is an older player. He's seen it. He's been in the league for seven, eight years now. And so that's a completely different, you know, dating process on yeah. the right side than it is the uh, than one on the left side, right. you know, where, where you have a rookie. You know, his head's spinning just, what's my, my, my job? What am I supposed to do on this play? Let alone, oh, I got to talk to Donnie and tell right. him, hey, this is what, you know, Hainsey's telling me. So there just adds a whole other layer to the whole thing. Like I said, for the most part, those guys are working through it and, and uh, they're doing a good job. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Coach, we just so appreciate you taking time to be with us. I know you guys have crazy schedules, so thank you very much for talking, especially after a loss of his stuff and, uh, and for all the amazing information. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks and good luck this next week. And thanks to all of you guys for being with us on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.